A reading from Philippians. Therefore, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed me, not only in my presence, but much more now in my absence, work out in your own work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is at work in you, enabling you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Do all things without murmuring and arguing, so that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God without blemish, in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation in which you shine like stars in the world. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God.
reading from the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. For the Holy Spirit will teach you at that very hour what you ought to say. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. But he said to him, Friend, who sent me to be a judge or arbiter over you? And he said to them, Take care. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed, for one's life does not consist in abundance of possessions. Then he told them a parable. The land of a rich man produced abundantly, and he thought to himself, what should I do? For I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build larger ones, and there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. But God said to him, you fool. This very night your life is being demanded of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So it is with those who store up treasures for themselves, but are not rich towards God. He said to his disciples, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life what you'll eat or about your body, what you will wear. For life is more than food and the body is more than clothing. Consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap and have neither storehouse nor barn. And yet God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than they, than the birds? And can any of you by worrying add one single hour to the span of your life? If then you are not able to do so small a thing as that, why do you worry about the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not clothed like one of these. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people.
I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of who was conceived by the power of the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended to hell. On the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and is sitteth on the right hand of the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you.
gracious God, who has bidden us to act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly before you. Teach us like your servants, Vincent de Paul and Louise de Marillac, to see and serve Christ by feeding the hungry, welcoming the stranger, clothing the naked, and caring for the sick, that we may know him to be the giver of all good things. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. O oh God, from all whom holy desires and all just counsels and just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give that both our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also by thee, we being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness through the merits of Christ our Savior. in our darkness we beseech thee, O Lord, and by thy great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night. For the love of thy only Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Our clergy have uh, gone out on a limb tonight, and uh, it has fallen. They've asked me to give the announcements, which is a slightly dangerous thing, but here we are. So uh, a warm welcome to Trinity Cathedral on this beautiful Ides of March. Sunny day in Cleveland, like usual, and uh, we, we appreciate your sharing this uh, end of it with us here at Trinity. There's, as usual, supper afterwards, and it's uh, black bean soup with uh, various side things. There's subs, wraps, bread, etc. So all that is uh, down the hall. And there is a uh, class tonight, a in, uh, very intriguing class, called Life Before Row and After Dodd. So if that uh, captures your imagination, which I guess it might well, happening right after supper tonight. Take advantage of that. A week from tonight, we're fortunate to have uh, Reverend Ann Jolly, our bishop-elect, with us for uh, discussion and talk after Evensong. So we hope you'll come and join us for Evensong, 6 o'clock next Wednesday, supper, and the bishop-elect here in person. So uh, that's an opportunity uh, to be savored, and we hope you'll invite friends and uh, come back for that. Um, anything else I'm supposed to announce, Ginger? That's it. Yeah. Um, speaking of 
Ginger. I'm going to take this opportunity. Today happens to be Ginger Bittekoffer's birthday, the Ides of March. How about that? So we don't usually do that, but I wonder if we could all just raise our voices in a loud chorus of happy birthday. We never, there's almost no one who juggles as many things with as much constant good nature as Ginger does under this roof. So I think we should sing to her. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Ginger. Happy birthday to you. I don't know what key we're in, but it was a good one. Yeah. <laughs> Ginger, happy birthday on behalf of all of us. I want to welcome two uh, wonderful friends to Evensong. Kevin Jones is the music director at St. Paul's in Cleveland Heights, and he's at the organ tonight, especially to accompany our anthem, which is a bigger one than usual. It's Gerald Finzi's a uh, slightly larger scale anthem called Lo, the Full Final Sacrifice, one of the great 20th century English choral pieces, especially for this time of the church year for Lent. So I hope you'll follow along with the text and the back of your insert and uh, soak up this wonderful piece uh, as, it, uh, as it unfolds. And then lastly, I want to give a warm welcome and large thank you to the Reverend Gail Catanella, the uh, rector of St. John's Church in Youngstown, who has been uh, good enough to drive over tonight and uh, give us the word. So, Gail, thank you so much. Good evening, everybody. It's always a pleasure to be here. I was saying I haven't been here since this new setup, so it's kind of exciting. I have to stay on my toes. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. So we are almost exactly halfway through the Lenten season, and just maybe our zeal is starting to lag. Maybe you're forgetting some of the carefully crafted sacrifices you promised to make, or are losing some of your enthusiasm for what they actually mean. Do I really want to give up all sugar? Is it truly an, an appropriate sacrifice? And who's going to care if I eat that cookie anyway? It's at times like these when we need the communion of saints. We look to them for a little inspiration. And today the church gives us Louise de Marillac and Vincent de Paul. I'm going to focus on Louise in recognition of Women's History Month and because she is an incredible example of living our faith. Louise was born in 1591, raised and educated by a loving father. When he died when Louise was 15, she had very few options in her day. She married a man who she ended up loving very much. They had a son. However, when her husband died, she vowed to serve God and not remarry. And her prayers for direction were answered when she met Vincent de Paul. Working with him, she developed a community that would serve poor, the poor women of Paris. They were not meant to become a religious order, and their gray dresses and white headdresses 
were what was worn by working women of that time. Louise committed herself in loving and sacrificial service, eventually opening hospitals, orphanages, and schools. The community that gathered around her met as many of the needs of the destitute as possible, seeing their service as being as important as worship. So we hear that witness to living out the love of Jesus Christ with maybe kind of mixed feelings. I mean, well done, Louise, right? But how is that practical in my life? What does that have to do with me? The answer to that is freedom. Freedom. Years ago, I took my youngest son on a graduation trip to Vancouver. Great parent, right? <laughs> right? We had a blast whale watching and zip lining and eating really good food. Toward the end of the trip, I made dinner reservations at a pretty expensive restaurant that I'd heard about. I was excited. And my son was anxious that we were spending too much money on this meal. I'm not sure why, but we ended up quarreling about it. As we walked out of the restaurant, I asked him something like, well, what would you rather I had done with the money? And he looked at me like a priest should know better. <laughs> Which I have to say is an occupational hazard. <laughs> and he walked up to a homeless man with a begging cup and put all of his money in that cup. He emptied out his pockets to the penny and filled up that man's cup. And I thought, what a significant statement about the beginning of his adulthood, that he would empty himself for the good of another. My kids have always been good examples for me. In the reading from Luke, Jesus encourages us to pursue that kind of freedom. He tells the man who is in dispute with his brother that the ways of the world, the values of the world, are enticing but have no real substance. You can't take it with you, Jesus says. He also points out in the parable that when we're serving ourselves and not serving others, when we're enriching ourselves and not serving others, we're not helping anyone. I'm struck by the last line of the parable, for so it is, so it is for those who are enriching themselves but not rich toward God. So it is for those who are enriching themselves but not rich toward God. Jesus doesn't say not rich toward those in need, Jesus reminds us that our greed, our relationship with money, our need for immediate gratification, our fears of scarcity, they stand in the way of our relationship with God. We need to free ourselves of anything that we might value more than God. Jesus reminds us that we are always cared for, always loved, just like the crocus growing in my front yard, and the cardinals who live in my backyard, they don't earn their food or drink. God provides it. So we don't have to worry. We also can put our trust in God and put aside anything that stands in the way of our relationship with God. Ultimately, the season of Lent offers us the opportunity to realign our priorities and put God back in the center. It's about having the freedom to give ourselves wholly and joyfully to God. And yes, I said, joyfully. 
It's about recognizing all of our unfreedoms, our addictions and distractions, the idols that we end up worshiping. We all have them. As we discipline ourselves for this short time and realize the benefits, we are encouraged to keep up the disciplines of Lent for the long term, embracing the possibility for deepening our relationship with God, for growing in love. As we build up the courage and the compassion and the intention, we're most prepared to accompany Jesus to the cross. Let us get ready as best we can to witness to the love of Jesus and live that love in our daily lives in whatever way we are called. Amen.
Please join with me in saying prayer number four of thanksgiving. Dear God, thank you for all that is good, for our creation and our humanity, for the stewardship you have given us of this planet Earth, for the gifts of life and of one another, for your love which is unbounded and eternal. O most holy and beloved, our companion, our guide upon the way, our bright evening star. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen.